Life was hard. But it could be worse. Life was hard. Especially if you're in Texas. It could be worse. Or Life Tennessee. It was flipping freezing here. You guys, uh, yeah, I was wondering how uh, badly you I guys did. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Texas is the right place for concern. We weren't. You weren't destroyed. without power, were you? No, but we were without heat and still are. And but it, not not because. I mean, yes, because it was cold, but also because our heater just died because of the cold. It wasn't like a yeah, how cold did it get? outage or anything. How cold did in it the get? house or outside? No, outside. <laughs> well, I mean, in the house it was like forty nine. That's that's pretty, pretty fucking cold, cold yeah. for when you have a heater. Well, but the, I mean, outside it was. I don't know, 19, when something it, like that. When it comes to catastrophic damage, obviously the freezing point is what you're concerned about. Um, but, you know, otherwise you just have to wrap yourself up in a lot of blankets. and. Just, That's exactly what we did. Yeah, do like you would if you were outside camping. But, and now we still don't have any heat, but it's 66 in the house. But so. f- 15 outside is pretty cold. I heard it got down to like one degree or something in Texas, um, at least in some place in Texas. Texas is a big state, so when you say in Texas, you, you know, it's across the board, but... But that's yes. pretty. That's pretty bad. I mean, that would be bad here if it got down to one degree here. It, I wouldn't be able to keep this house warm. I'd have to fire up my wood heater, my uh, my outdoor wood stove, and just stoke the fire big time. Especially if I didn't have power. Uh, I could keep like one room of my house relatively warm and keep the rest of the house from freezing. But right. but this house is not designed for one degree, and the heat pump. Well, the heat pump would be useless if the power was off, right? Um, yeah, fortunately kinda. I've got enough solar that I could run the fan for the, for the outdoor wood stove and the thermostat. So I could, I could run that normally, but I couldn't run much else. So that would be about it. But, uh, Texas was unprepared. I mean, they were unprepared in so many ways. It's, I mean, cause the reason we heard so much about Texas was not because it was worse in Texas than it was everywhere else. It was because, well, it ended up being worse, but for artificial reasons, um, Right, Texas, none of their shit's weatherized. I mean, they they were completely caught with their pants down. And this is the second time. They they really didn't have an excuse. When it happened the first time, you could kind of say, oh, you know, nobody's expecting it to get this cold. And, you know, okay, we need to rethink our our preparation, right? No, no, they didn't prepare at all. They didn't change anything since, uh, was it 2008 they had that? I think it was 11. I think it was like 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, whenever it was, it was uh, it was recent enough that they should have done something, and far enough back they should have had time to do something. In but any no case, matter, you're right. I was going to say, no matter what their problems, Texas is still the best country in the whole United States. Yeah, so I've heard. Uh, well, and did you hear? Did you hear about their their electric bills because they're you know, quote unquote yeah, free market. Somebody got yeah, somebody got a ten thousand dollar electric bill or something. It wasn't even unusual. There were people, many, many people who got thousands of dollars in, in electrical charges in just those three days. Right. And yeah, I'm wondering what ours is gonna be because we were running the space heater like constantly and the well, actual heater, even though it wasn't working, it we wasn't, didn't quite know that, so it was running constantly. It wasn't as much the amount of electricity they used as, as much as it was the rate. They're on a variable rate. I think Texas is unique there. Everybody else has uh, 
regulations, that the utility companies are treated like utilities. They're regulated like utilities because they That's are. So weird. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's so odd. Like, why would you what treat What were they thinking? So, yeah, Texas, they decided that they would give people really low rates by giving them a variable rate. Just say, hey, you know what, if, if, uh, if electricity is cheap because there's not a lot of demand, then you won't pay very much. And that's worked out pretty well for customers for the most part because they pay less for their electricity than most of us do. But most of us aren't paying just for electricity. We're paying for peak demand. We're paying for the the utilities to keep enough equipment online that they can meet demand 99.8% of the time. Those are FERC rules. And, I mean, even that would still result in some hours of outages a year, but apparently that's okay because you can only do so much, right? In any case. Those are what rules? You're cussing at me? FERC rules. Federal Energy Regulation Commission or something like that. Okay. Yeah, FERC U is right. Uh, anyway, they, the Texas, that's the other problem with Texas is they don't want to abide by FERC rules. Therefore, they are not part of the national grid. Therefore, they can't get backed up uh, by other states. And to be fair, there's only so much preparation you can do. I mean, you know, if you get hit by a major Cat 5 hurricane or something, you are going to lose infrastructure, right? You're gonna, things are going to go down. Trees are going to land on power lines. And same thing with ice storms. Most of the other outages that weren't in Texas – were because of trees breaking off, you know, because of the ice and taking out right. power lines. It wasn't that they had an entire failure of their grid. It was that they had power lines down. And that's normal. That happens everywhere. Uh, but that causes, like, scattered outages, and it's not a total, complete, you know, free-for-all. In any case, the point I'm trying to make is that because Texas doesn't want to be on the grid uh, and they want to have this free market free-for-all in terms of prices – they are on their own. Like they don't want to abide by any federal regulation, so they're disconnected from the rest of the grid. And and so we have two national grids in this country, the East Grid and the West Grid, and they're all interconnected. So should, you know, one state like Texas get hit really hard, you just start basically bringing in power from outside. Well, one state other than Texas because they don't participate. Right, right. Well, I mean – if they did, though, they could right. have they could have probably kept people uh, in power, including the governor, who's now, well, I don't know if the governor's really going to take a hit on this. He he's acting like he's going to do something, but I heard I heard him say though that that they must the legislatures must do something to save the energy companies in Texas. <laughs> yes. Fuck the people. Right, exactly. The energy companies. Yeah, because those poor energy companies. And there were places that, that made record profits for those three days. They made as much money in those few days as they will the rest of the year. Jeez. But that, the other thing that happened. Assuming not another one comes, but yeah. Right. <laughs> That's terrible to even think that. They're like, oh, man, we're rolling it. We made so much money. We could take the rest of the year off. And someone's like, okay, let's take the rest of the year off. And they're like, um. No, no. Anyways, and then there's another one. And they make, yeah, so so one of the reasons why the, the natural gas production went down, which seemed odd to me, by the way, that the national the natural gas generation plant would fail due to cold, right? I mean, they're generating heat just like any, you know, fire fire producing. They use heat to generate power. So right. they're normally trying to keep, you know, trying to reduce the amount of heat. They're, they've got 
you know, probably cooling systems they're running all the time. Uh, in this case, uh, it was that the fuel was unavailable. So, you, you know, they've got basically natural gases piped around, right? And so everybody's getting, they're all on the, these pipes. And, and the first priority for the system is to heat buildings. So all the, the, the majority of the natural gas goes to heating. And, of course, everybody's heating demand went through the roof, and, and yeah, so, no the, intended. yeah, so, so people are heating like crazy businesses and homes are using natural gas to try to keep themselves warm. And there wasn't enough pressure in the system for these utility companies to keep their generators running like they needed to. And then the other problem with that was the supply side, because apparently the people that are pumping natural gas out of the ground had no weatherization on their systems at all. So the moisture in the natural gas that comes out of the ground was enough for the lines to freeze and that cut off some of the supply. So nice. So that was their big, uh, that was their big, really their Achilles heel. They blamed it all on the wind turbines, of course, because that's what you do if you're in Texas and you lose power. Those fucking green energy people killed us with their stupid wind turbines. You know, <laughs> but I'm not sure. And, and you saw the Ted Cruz debacle, right? He ran out. Oh yeah, to yeah, yeah. That was and then funny. Came back and then and said and said that was the plan all along. And then when <laughs> someone at United oh, dropping my family off, someone at United released his actual travel records. Then he had to fess up to the fact that he wasn't really planning on coming back. But they also posted all the conversations the wife had with the her friends inviting them. Like, oh, yeah, the whole family is going on vacation in Mexico while this ice storm is in. Yeah, come with us. Yeah. It's going to be warm. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, that's, that's, I have to admit, okay, if, if we have like a long term power outage here or something and life is just difficult, I'm going to, you know, if I have the opportunity to get in my car and drive somewhere where life is easier, why not? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think anybody would have blamed them if they weren't holding office. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they should be there helping people and fixing the issue and working on it. Right, doing. Something. You know what I mean. Like it's yeah. if 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 bad weather's coming, it's one thing if you, like you hightail it out of there. But like if all the first responders go like, "Hey, we're just gonna vacation till this thing is over," <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not cool. I wouldn't blame them either, actually. Well, I wouldn't blame them. I guess they're underpaid. So are we not blaming Ted Cruz then? No, I have I have more reasons. I have better reasons to hate Ted Cruz than taking a vacation. I really do. I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't a dumb thing for him to do. It was dumb. It was it was bad optics, if nothing else. Uh, I don't know that Ted Cruz himself could really have done much for anybody. I mean, you got people that are literally freezing to death, and and uh, you know the 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 people whose job it is to keep the power on can't do it right. Um, So, what's Ted Cruz going to do? Go in and yell at them? Right. But I do think it was bad optics, but I hate Ted Cruz. I mean, I have lots of reasons to hate Ted Cruz. I had no love of Ted Cruz before this happened. So it's just, I'm hoping if anything, it hurts him with his constituents. You know, his constituents are the ones who suffered through this shit. And if it pisses them off, great. It just makes me happy. Gives me warm, fuzzy (laughs) feelings. That'll, Um, That'll keep you warm when it's one degree outside. But I am curious about the the um, wind turbines because they have a bazillion wind turbines in Iowa, 
And uh, they have them in North Dakota, which is really far north. I mean, it gets cold in North Dakota. It was 30 below zero in North Dakota in this this cold weather event. And as far as I know, they don't have a problem with their wind turbines. Now, it may be that when they get freezing rain, they also have the same problem. I'm not actually sure. I don't know if Texas had it had an unusual problem in that they hadn't winterized anything or if the freezing rain would be a problem anywhere. Because freezing rain is kind of an unusual event. When you're in the north country, you might get freezing rain at the beginning or end of the season when it's warming up, you know, when you're at that marginal time, right? But usually your precipitation comes down as snow and snow doesn't stick to shit. Right. So well, we had freezing rain at the beginning here. Yeah, and freezing rain it, is bad. Yeah, that way it was weird too. Like it was really loud. It almost sounded like hail. But yeah. it wasn't, I mean, there were no identifiable, like, hail, you can say. Right, it's just little bits That's of That's a piece of hail. Yeah. Right. But but it was just, you know, it was like rain in the sense that it was, it was dripping, wet. you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. And then freezing. And that's actually the worst right. thing. Oh, Freezing know, rain like, is incredibly destructive. The next day, I stupidly, I was pacing around on the phone outside in the grass where I was safe didn't pay attention and I stepped on the driveway and all of a sudden I was surfing. Like I just had to maintain my balance and slide all the way down the driveway till the bottom. Cause if I'd have tried to fight it, I would have ended up on my ass or my face. So person I was talking to on the phone, I just went, I'm sliding, I'm sliding. sliding." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's not the, that's not the only dangerous thing. I was listening to a report from somebody in, in Texas who said that they had a tree branch hit their roof and then she went outside and she said you could just hear it was it was every few seconds it was crack crunch crack crunch i mean there's just tree limbs breaking off everywhere and they were falling on cars and i mean oh, if you're geez. standing outside you could conceivably well even inside i mean people had tree limbs coming through their roofs so it's right. um i mean that shit's dangerous i freezing rain is probably one of the most dangerous things other than maybe like tornadoes and crap like that but um, because it takes out, like, you know, in, in order to lose the power, you don't need a failure on the part of your power company. You just need, you know, like I said earlier, you just need a tree limb to snap off and take out the power line. And I've actually seen power lines fall because of freezing rain. Because if enough if enough ice builds up in the power line, the power line itself will get too heavy and yep. snap. So anyway, yeah, freezing rain is evil. And I'm not so sure that the turbines in Iowa or anywhere else would survive a bad freezing rain event either. I mean, they would survive it, but I don't know if they would keep working through it. Um, so that's that's always a concern. But again, that's why we have the grid, right? You, If you're in, a, in Iowa and there's freezing rain and you're relying on wind power and the wind turbines shut down, then you get your power from Wisconsin or from Minnesota or from somewhere that doesn't have uh, freezing rain at the moment, you know, because the freezing rain is a specific band in the storm. It's got to be just the right temperature. You've basically got to have rain come down that then freezes. So you get well, to, so, yeah, go ahead. It's also like that diversifying your portfolio or having multiple streams of income or right, right, exactly. something like that. Because if you have electricity coming from solar and wind and coal and nuclear or whatever, not all your eggs are in one basket if one system fails. Well, that's not a a criticism we can throw at Texas, though, because Texas is the biggest energy-producing state in the country. It's also 
what the second largest state period if you, if you count Alaska if you don't count Alaska, I wasn't criticizing them at all I'm just, yeah, I'm uh, just saying my my point was that to have wind turbines cannot be a bad thing if you're like adding it to what's already there right or even right. replacing maybe some of that I don't know but well when we're looking at green energy the future you know and going to low carbon uh, a low carbon future we're basically looking at Tying everything together so that, you know, if the sun isn't shining here, it's shining, it's shining somewhere else. And then, of course, the other side of that is storage. We have got to have storage. In, the, in order to go to a green future, we've got to have more storage on the grid. There's going to have to be batteries. Or we would have to have these, you know, natural. Batteries are bad, though. They can be. I mean, they're not they're not an ideal solution. There's other ways of storing energy, but we'll just use a battery as an analogy in this case. You know, some way of storing power so that you can release it when you need to. There's You can start in mechanical, like, gyros and stuff. But the point is that you have to have storage if you're going to go green because you can't just say, oh, just turn up the power, you know, just, just you know, hit the, hit the open the valve and let more gas in so we can run this thing up, which is what we do now. We just rely on these, you know, systems that basically can, can – uh, Open the window and let the sun in so we can run these things up. Yeah. And we will be getting more of these uh, crazy weather events. I mean, they've been happening on a fairly yeah. regular basis. And next time it won't be Texas. It'll be, you know, the east eastern seaboard or whatever. And um, and then I won't be talking so sh- so much shit. But You know I, what all this means, of course. Oh, God, no. Phil was right. Phil was right? Yeah. Puxatawney Phil. Oh, Puxatawney Phil. Yeah, yeah. He was right for Texas, that's for sure. It was actually pretty nice here today. We've just had too much rain. We have had rain, 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 and more rain. Oh, you know Rush Limbaugh's dead, right? Yes. I just had to mention that since we try to keep up on, uh, you know, what the hell's going on in the world. And we landed another another rover on Mars. I was going to throw that one at you, too. Yeah. Oh, and I found out, remember we talked about Lady Gaga-themed uh, Oreos? Yeah, yeah. So it turns out they are pink wafers with a green center. Is that sound appetizing? That is because she's a lizard person in a pink dress. I am not sure, but they look <laughs> terrible to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> they look awful. Uh, but if you apparently there's some. What kind of green are they like? Kelly green? Are they forest green? Are they lime green? Yeah, lime green? lime green. It's a lighter lime green. green. Yeah, so it's like a pastel kind of looking thing. Yeah, if it was just a little bit more, you know, a little less saturated, it would be like puke green. But you know, it's I don't want to say that because <laughs> that would look bad for the uh, Oreo people. They're running some kind of a promotion where if you win, you get to have a date with Lady Gaga or something, and that's the whole thing behind it. But is she available then, I guess? Uh, are you talking, you know, like uh, in available? She's not married. She's not I dating sh- somebody I at the moment. I, I'm sure she's dating somebody. I, can, whoever, I can't imagine. Whoever wins the Oreo contest, that's who she's dating. Yeah, I think. I think though that she's always dating somebody, whatever the flavor of the week is. And I don't want to make. I don't want to hmm. come down. I think Lady Gaga is actually kind of cool. She's interesting. She's definitely her own person. Oh yeah. And if and if you look at some of her history stuff, I looked at some of her early things. She was a pretty down to earth person. She's treated people well. She's yeah. She's done some really crazy shit. But everybody does promotional stunts, right? 
it's kind of like how you get you get the press to make you know to, to like when Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a bat. Yeah, yeah, and then she she wore that meat dress, but I think she was trying to make a statement about that too. I think that was also political, but anyway. So I'm going to be boring now because I've been reading about forgotten black history for the past week. and uh, Well, this is a good month to talk about it. Is it? It's Black History Month. Oh, well, that's probably why the, why the Atlantic has all these stories about forgotten black history. Oh, there you go. I just don't know that they make for good podcasting discussion because there's a lot of, you know, details and history, you know, a lot of, uh, it's not boring. It's not, it's interesting. It just doesn't make for anything terribly funny or quaint or, you know, it's not a lot of sound bites to throw out there. So you're not going to talk about it. Well, I've just been reading about it. I don't know. Did you want to talk about it? Um, I've been reading about all this stuff, but I'm not going to tell you anything. Well, there's some really interesting stuff. There's a guy, um, I don't remember his name right off, but he was a contemporary of John Adams, which would have been back in the mid-1700s. Oh, sure. You remember the white guy. That's yeah, cool. well, because we heard about John Adams a million times. I know it's uh, it's probably apropos of what they're trying to point out here. But uh, but this guy was an activist. He was a, f- a free... Uh, a free black person in Massachusetts um, before, you know, the, the blacks were freed everywhere before the emancipation, I guess, which all the way, by the way, the emancipation wasn't like one day when they were all free. It was like four years later in Texas when they found out that they were free. Right. right. But anyway, yeah, this, didn't tell them. <clears throat> this guy was operative in making the Massachusetts, uh, when Massachusetts did their state constitution, was in 1780, so four years after we did our Declaration of Independence. And um, the Massachusetts State Constitution took literally the Declaration of Independence that said all men are created equal and made sure that, according to their constitution, that everybody, regardless of skin color, was considered to be an equal citizen. And... uh, that's one of Massachusetts' claim to fame. But this particular guy that I'm talking about was part of all that. He was part of making that happen. Um, he also started the first chapter of that was for black Freemasons. And I think I know the guy you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. If you said but it, I would know. Because he's famous, exactly. He's he's not that famous though. That's the thing. And and they said they said that he is known. Like he's not unknown to history. But one of the things that they point out in the article is that none of his contemporaries are known. Like history has a way of saying, oh, look at this guy who is like front and center, you know, like a Martin Luther King Jr. type person, right? That's not the guy I was thinking of. Are you talking about Prince Hall? Prince, yeah, I think it's Prince Hall. Yeah, because Prince came to mind, but I, I was like, I must have that wrong because it doesn't sound right, yeah. But, um, but no, I'm just saying, like he's... They we know about these linchpins, right? But we don't know about any of their contemporaries that also were part of the whole movement. There's there was a lot of other black people that were. The problem is they've kind of been lost to history because nobody wrote about them. Which you know the 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 I don't know what the media was like back then, but today the media doesn't give you the whole story. You know, it's it's so much about, and, and I'm not saying that they're fake news. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to jump out and say the media is just like a big conspiracy. But it really is about making money, right? It is about, you know, capturing attention and, and 
getting viewers and getting people to buy your product. And so the media is not very trustworthy in terms of reporting history. It's even though that's sort of how history gets recorded, journalists are basically the people who write. They're the first level of history. I mean, sure, it gets rewritten for textbooks and revised and improved and, you know, whitewashed. Down and edited. White, yeah, exactly. Whitewashed, yeah. Christmas Addicts, that's the guy I was thinking of. Oh, no, I think you were right the first time. I think it was Prince Hall. Was the no, guy. I was. I mean, the guy you were talking about was Prince Hall, but yeah. when I was trying to remember who I thought the famous guy was, it was Christmas Addicts. Yeah. Well, there's quite a few, and I'm reading about a bunch of them. But uh, but that one comes to mind just because he was so early in the in the whole process. He actually fought in the Revolutionary War like a lot of black people did, which I think is interesting. You know, they, they literally helped us defeat the British so that we could be free, and then we put them back into slavery afterward. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we're... We've been we've been nothing but a wonderful country from the beginning, but uh, so so the one other thing um, we have like five minutes left, FYI. But the one other thing that uh, that I noticed in the news that I thought was kind of funny, I don't know if Merrick Garland is going to get um, approved or whatever confirmed. I guess is the word by the Senate. Um, I hope he does. He's you know he's he was appointed or Biden appointed him to uh, be Attorney General. Okay. And during his confirmation hearing, he made it a point to say that one of his priorities is to go after white supremacist organizations. And when I heard that, I, the first thought I had was, don't tell him that. <laughs> 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 don't tell the white supremacists that you're coming for them. Not when you're not confirmed yet. You know, let him. Kind of, kind of like how I sit in the spent my job interview talking about all the changes I was going to make once they gave me the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I guess in your case, we've already been with the company for a while. That might not be a total loss leader, but I personally think if you want to get appointed in this day and age, you, you don't announce that you're going to go after the white supremacists. I'm just saying, you know, they seem to be pretty popular. Hmm. <laughs> So, I know we like glossed over it real quick, but you don't have anything to say about the Mars rover thing? Like, oh, did yeah. it start sending pictures back and stuff? Well, they put video cameras on it for the first time. I'm so counting on you for the science, man. Yeah, they actually recorded the, the whole thing for the first time. They, they had video cameras positioned just to record the landing. Right, but now do we get that video like right away or does it have to beam it back and it take like four years 18 minutes i believe really yeah i think it might be 18 minutes round trip and and how do like how does it beam it on a satellite no it just sends like, it back on a transmission just well i mean wired yeah it may it may bounce it off an orbiter um but the point is it just it's sending a radio transmission like like you would just if you were on fm radio talking to somebody the problem is at the speed of light it still takes Time to get here. Well, 18 minutes isn't so bad, though. I was thinking it would take, like, years. Oh, no, you know, no, like 20 no, years no, later, no. we're going to get the pictures and stuff. No, the light from the sun gets to us pretty quickly, which it, which is why I'm... Well, I know that. Which know. is why I'm thinking the 18 minutes is round-trip time, as in if we send... Like, if we get an image from the from the 
the lander or the the rover, and we decide it needs to do some corrective maneuver, and we send a response back, the round trip is 18 minutes, I think. So it's actually probably nine minutes one way. Gotcha. Yeah, because I believe... traffic's heavier the one way than the other. Yeah, yeah, it could be 10 minutes one way, nine minutes, depending on what time of the day, because you've got, you know, rush hour and... Eight, eight exactly. Yeah. No. Seriously. Hov lanes open in the morning. I'd have to check this, but I believe the time it takes light to get from the sun to us is is around this that, that eighteen eight minutes. twenty minute time frame. I think it's eight minutes. Well, it can't be eight minutes because Mars. If Mars is eight minutes away, Mars is much closer than the sun is. I'm pretty sure I learned in school it was eight minutes. But well, then it may wrong. be that Mars is on the opposite side of the sun. It may be like around. It may not be close to us, it, and that might be the other problem. Is it's not. It's actually further away than the sun is, at least at times. And of course, this right. varies. By the way, Mars's distance to Earth changes a lot. So whatever time I throw out there is is relative to what time they're doing something. But I do know while I was reading this article, uh-huh. they, they said something eight about eight minutes and twenty seconds. For what? Or for sun to sun to Earth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that means that Mars is a lot further away. It must be on the other side of the sun. That's an average, of course. So that doesn't mean yeah, yeah, yeah. We necessarily vary. right this second. But yeah, our distance varies, and the same way with Mars. And when they said that eighteen-minute round trip, they were probably referring to at this particular time. It's eighteen-minute mm-hmm. round trip because I'm sure that varies. When they, whenever they send a, you know a mission to mars they always time it so that it has the shortest distance to go and it takes about three months for the the ship to get there which is you know not that long considering how slow things travel um light is much much faster what are they waiting for all the stars to align yeah exactly they have to line shit up there, mm-hmm. there was something funny um in, in respect to that, that I completely have forgotten, but this is the problem right now is my brain is like, you know, I'm, I'm still in psychotherapy and it's kind of, uh, Oh yeah. How's that going? Uh, I had it today, which is bad because that's why you're all out of sorts. Cause they wiped your brain. It is partly why I'm out of sorts because believe it or not, after psychotherapy, I have like one of two things happen. Either I'm, I'm like exhausted or, I have shit going on in my head. I kind of like stir up the hornet's nest a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes me like a day to get back into uh, to not having a lot of weird emotional stuff going on. So like if I keep doing psychotherapy on Tuesdays and we keep recording afterward, there might be nights when I come in here and just break out in tears for no apparent reason or something. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about, you know, Ted Cruz. And I'll be, oh, God, oh, Jesus. You know, I'll be, and then you're like, what? I didn't know you were so, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, it's nothing to do with Ted Cruz. Anyway, yeah, so who knows? I don't know. We'll change the name of the podcast to Life is Heart. Have you heard some of the shit that the, that the like, Fox has been saying? I mean, there's just, you know, because now they have Biden in office, right? And Biden, I don't want to say he's a saint, but... You know, I don't know if you heard, did you hear his address where he was addressing the people after the 500,000 people died, you know, and he was Mm -hmm. talking about, yeah, he, oh man, it was just like this really nice, uh, empathetic speech about how we're all suffering and it's hard when you lose somebody and you get that, you know, terrible empty feeling in your chest and it feels like you're just, you know, gonna, you can't breathe. And, you know, when, when you lose it, like this person who lost their 11 year old child in this, uh, in this freezing thing in Texas. I mean, that's, that's 
heart-wrenching stuff, right? Anyway, Biden does these great speeches. He's very, very personable. He's very much a people person. So what do they do? And, you know, Fox News and shit, they can't really say much about him. Of course, they can attack, you know, anybody for anything. But they start picking on his dog. Sergeant, apparently, is... uh, Looks like some junkyard dog or something. Apparently, I don't know. This is so stupid. It's I'm serious. It's just over the top, ridiculous criticism because they have no legitimate criticism. You know, they're still out there saying that that the people that you know attacked the Capitol were just Antifa people dressed up as Trump supporters. So, right. I mean, they, they just can't let this shit go. They can't come back to reality. It's too hard. But like you pointed out about history and journalists and all that is you know it's marketing they've got their audience they've got to stoke the fire oh yeah yeah they want to sell the advil commercials and honestly i wouldn't be surprised if fox is in league with cnn because from a corporate perspective the only way the oligarchs can maintain power is to keep us divided so mm-hmm. it's all just a big and, – and I'm not – this isn't just coming from me. This is coming from people that really know shit. And and the bottom line is that the people that have all the money and the people that are basically leaving the rest of us out in the cold know that if we ever get together, we can fix shit. We can take it back. And so their goal is to keep us divided on political lines, on racial lines, religious lines, you name it. They just keep slicing and dicing. They keep telling us how we can't possibly get along, you know. It's it's the Don King method, the uh, boxing promoter. He would be the agent for both the guys fighting each other, and then they would advertise, you know, like how much the one guy hates the other guy and how much the other guy hates the other guy, you know, and like get people on both sides all riled up because yeah. I'm a fan of this particular one and he's going to kick that other one's ass and the other people be like, no, he's going to kick his ass. And they're all going at each other. Don King's sitting back re- raking in the profits. Yeah. No matter who wins because the more that you make it like a combat and divisive or whatever, the more the fervor. Yeah, the more people are willing to invest. They're just, you know. And you're going to sell all kinds of tickets. And he owns both dogs in the fight. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.